this this feels a little bit weird, dude. I gotta say, it's a little bit weird, but yeah. it feels good though. Feels real good. Feels really good without Sean here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was just. I, I I can't wait for him to hear that because that's gonna it's gonna rough ruffle his rough ruffle his feathers a little bit. Oh my god! I thought you were talking about because Sean usually does three, two, one, go. He does. Yeah, he usually handles that part. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> I did. I I did. What what I did was just a mere imitation of what Sean can do with that. You even <laughs> sounded like Sean. Yeah, it's three, two, one, go. I didn't do. I didn't do his joke though, or his his go. His it's just <laughs> random go. But um, yeah. Hello everyone. Welcome to. Uh, I I don't know what to call this. It's a it's a subcast of our podcast. I guess this is you know. Well, this is guys. We're screwed. And I'm I'm David. And I am Chris. But this is this is not guys or screws. We're not talking about anything that's gonna end the world in our actual world. We're going to a world of fiction, and we're gonna do our first, I guess, book review of this podcast. And we're calling this this sub whatever this is, guys reviewed. Guys, guys reviewed. reviewed. <laughs> guys reviewed. So welcome to guys reviewed number one. And today we're talking about the first book. In the Deaths or Earth's Remembrance trilogy, uh, the Three Body Problem. This is kind. Of, it's uh, the, this is also kind of. Some people might know it as th- the Three Body Problem trilogy in America, because that's I, that's how I heard of it initially. Yep, and if you're if you're in China, you know it as Dicho Wangshu. There you go. See, boom, nailed it. You don't you don't even know it as the Remembrance of Earth's Past. Yeah, you know it as Dicho Wangshu. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's, I messed. It's the Remembrance of Earth's Past. I, I called Earth's Remembrance the Remembrance of Earth's Past. Yeah. Um, it's a bit clunky. Yeah. It's a little. Yeah. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a catchy title. But it's. It's. No. But um. Uh. If you've never heard of it or you don't know what it's about, basically it's about uh the impending end of the world from an alien invasion. Uh, the book starts in the nineteen is it fifties or sixties, Chris? Sixties. Sixties during the in, the setting is the Cultural Revolution in China, and um, yeah, that's where it starts. It quickly moves forward to the present time, but um, it's basically about uh, uh, Earth finding out that aliens are on the way, and that it's going to take about four or five hundred years, four hundred I think, for them to get here. But when they do, we're done. Which is a really interesting idea, just to kind of like to to put that like that kind of timeline on a book where it's like it's it's I don't know it's it's eerie it's like it's it's scary but it's also like well I've never got to deal with that you know what I mean Yeah, it's definitely not what you would expect because it's almost like the problem is too well defined mm-hmm. and it's almost like it lacks uh, urgency. Yeah, but it it definitely does not. And yeah, it brings up a lot of questions about like, like it's. It, I think it's funny when like, because um, I, I I think it's a little pretentious when people say like, well, I just I, I just can't bring children into the world with this ecological crisis we're having. You know, what I mean, I, 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 like I understand it, sure, I get it, but I, also if you make that part of your personality, I find that pretty pretentious. But this is like this puts a whole new thing on it, where it's like, do I really want to have kids that like my great great grandkids are just going to get annihilated? Yeah, and you know, ch- check out our antinatalism episode. There also. you go. Yeah, check out and that's on the main cast, but yeah, the the antinatalism, one of our most listened to episodes, actually. Very nice. Yeah. Um, did I miss anything? That's pretty. I mean, there's a lot of details into this that I didn't. I just kind of wanted to give a brief overview of what the book's about. We're gonna get yeah. into the nitty and gritty uh, when we get into stuff we liked and didn't like. But yeah, it's just about a, it's about it's about the end of the world that's coming in several hundred years and how humanity tries to deal with that. That's what the whole trilogy is about, actually. Yes. And so I guess just the it's a fairly recentish book. So it, was, it came out in 2008 yeah. in China, I think. It was written by this dude named Liu Cixin. And then, do you remember what year the uh, Ken Liu's translation of the first one came out? I want to say 2012, but let me see if I can find it real fast. Okay. Uh, they came out in 2014. 2014. Okay, and um, there is also I, I guess we should mention uh, it's interesting because there is a Netflix adaptation of the whole trilogy coming by. We talked about this on our other podcast by D and D the 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 what the Beninoff and the and what what's his last other guy's name? Oh, uh, D B Weiss and David yeah. Benioff. Yeah, the 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 uh, once famous but now infamous writers behind the Game of Thrones show. 
Seriously. Um, but yeah, so uh, don't, don't even get me started. That's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be a whole other thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's big. It's um, it caught on really big. Uh, I think it, it, it's had enjoyed quite a bit of uh, critical acclaim in the U.S. The translation, yeah, at least. And I think you know I had never heard about it in China, um, but I was never. You know, I was never in kind of like a big literary community in China. I'm not. I'm not terribly well read in modern Chinese literature, so I don't know. But it did win a, uh, I guess, the Galaxy Award for science fiction in China in 2008 or 2009 or something. And I guess that's like a big deal. Yeah, and I, I kind of I read some articles about this in preparation of this episode, and I guess I'm not sure if he set it off, but like this book was kind of one of the sparks that set off like this whole area of Chinese science fiction, I guess, which is like becoming a bigger and bigger genre over there. Interesting. I know. So I, I would imagine, I mean, just depending on, I would just uh, seeing the, the type of reception that he got. I know too, that it's kind of a Chinese science fiction has been like a thing um, for a while. And in the afterword of the book, I'm sure it was translated, but in the afterword of the book, uh, the author was talking about some of his influences and like early Chinese science fiction. Right. That kind of, that dealt with similar themes or, or uh, you know, kind of t- took, took well-known themes and kind of turned them on its, on their head. Yeah. And he definitely, he definitely does that. And I guess I also want to mention that if, if any readers are interested, I definitely recommend the whole trilogy. I, I loved it. And we are going to cover the whole trilogy. Uh, but just to like, let people know, and this is, I'm going to mention this in the stuff in my, in my list of notes, but it is like, it is a hard sci-fi book, which means that the, the author goes out of his way, like painstakingly to kind of give actual scientific explanations for what's happening. Yeah. And there are pages and pages and pages of just nonstop um science pretty much yeah this was really uh this was a part that really tripped me out reading the book because i read it you know i read it in chinese Uh uh-huh and it was that some of that shit was really hard yes i was like learning stuff right as i was reading and i was like holy fuck it's you know sometimes I don't know, like reading a book in a in a language that isn't your native language is already kind of right. <laughs> like a weird experience. And then like adding all of this on top of it, it was it, it was a little trippy at times. So is it a thing where like you read it in Chinese but your brain is like telling you the story in English? Is that what happens in, in your brain when like No, it's just reading it in Chinese because oh, okay. it's you know Yeah. Um and as I was going through so it's funny you mentioned that because there were a lot of points where I wondered how it would be rendered into English. Right. There were a lot of points in the book where I was like, how the fuck, how are they going to translate that? Yeah, there are a lot of, like, esoteric ideas, a lot of philosophy in these books, too, and a lot Mm. of esoteric ideas that are kind of, and I think, I mean, when you and I discussed it, we we were pretty much on the same page, so I don't, I think they did a pretty, the guy did a pretty good job, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty out there, and it's, uh, I guess, uh, I'm going to, uh, before we get into our list of likes and didn't likes, um, I guess I should give a little more detail on the book because that's kind of vague. But um, it's in the beginning of the book kind of jumps through several protagonists before you finally settle on the main guy, uh, Wang. What's his name? Uh, Wang Miao. Wang, yeah. And he um, he's kind of the, he's the main main guy. And it's basically about him trying to figure out um, what's going on. because he, 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 he gets clued into something happening, something big. And um, he eventually finds out about the aliens, but there's there's a little more to it than that. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a mystery for most of the book, kind of a, like a mystery thriller type of book, until you find out what's actually happening, and then it becomes kind of like an action novel almost. Yeah, toward the end, it's yeah. definitely got some. It's you know, it's like like Tom Clancy sci-fi. Yeah, it always had, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Tom Clancy. It's very very. Uh, uh, cloak and dagger spy uh, drama type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a very good book. Um, I don't. Uh, n- I guess we'll. Uh, I don't want to get into more into more detail on the plot because we can just talk about it. But yeah, do you want to go first, Chris? Sure. Yeah, I think it'll. Yeah, maybe come up organically. Yeah. Stuff 
the stuff that will explain it will kind of make sense. And I mean, I don't want to give away too much. I think right. there there will be spoilers. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There, in, there, there will be. There, it's kind of hard to avoid. Um, yeah. And we'll do our best to like not spoil the entire book, I guess. But like it, either way, it's still worth reading. It's a very very interesting book, and it is. Yeah. It's it's unlike anything I've ever read. Um, but it's yeah, it's good. Definitely. So I'll just jump in to the shit that I liked about the book. I have three things. It's kind of hard to narrow it down to three because, you know, like like David said, it's a great book. There's a lot to like. Um, so one thing that I, I really enjoyed was um, the juxtaposition of different figures in this virtual reality game that shows up in uh, in the book, which in and of itself is very cool. So the, the aliens... Um, are coming to Earth, and there is a group called the ETO. Stands for the with the Earth Trisolarans. Yes, uh, or organization or order or yeah, yeah, something like order that. Order something. Um, and it's a, a group of people on Earth who are in support of the aliens coming, and you know, fucking our shit up in so many words. Um, and so they create this like. VR game. It's like an MMORPG and they use that as a recruitment tool. Because they and they are like very under like people are not supposed to know about them. Unless right. you unless you get recruited through this game. Right. So it's kind of like a it's also in a sense kind of like a way to vet people yeah. or like a a, a a way into the organization. Because the game is available for any I think it's available for free, right? For anyone to play. Uh, depending on how um, far you get in the game is where is whether the ETO takes an interest in you or not. Right, 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 right. Yes. Um, and so that, I think, is, you know, one thing that I had never kind of encountered before in fiction. Yeah, for sure. But I think is really awesome. So imagine, you know, like a cult um, <laughs> and... You know, like certain cults, like Mormonism or uh, <laughs> or Scrutology, <laughs> which we will not name by name. Yeah, we don't want, we don't want to get on that SEO for sign mm, for slow. Yeah, um, now ma- imagine you know an organization like that doing outreach or doing recruitment right. with a fucking VR game. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and the VR game is like in the. I, I, you mentioned the the figures in it because in the game you kind of do you become like it's it, the game is full of like famous historical characters from like and all over the world, China, ancient Greece, America, and um, uh, do you become one when you? Enter, I can't remember if you become one when you enter the game or if you're just yourself. I so what I. From what I can recall, I think it's that you get to choose. Yeah, that's right. Who you are, and and I think it's like the same people, but they they change. So, some of them change, and some of them stay the same. Yeah, so like like some people use like like the same avatar, but the avatar yeah. is like like fucking uh like uh, Einstein. Exactly. That's really I think. An avatar is a really great way to kind of think about. Yeah, it's like who's your character? Yeah, and the characters are, you know, famous figures from Chinese history and Western history, um, and I appreciated that a lot. And that's kind of p- part of the reason um, why I think the book is cool is it integrates, um, you know, aspects from Chinese culture and history that we're usually not uh, aware of. Right, and I think it was it was really interesting to see um these these figures mingling uh even though they were just avatars right even though they were just uh kind of like surrogates for the actual eto members um it it kind of makes you think like what would it what would it have been like if uh you know confucius and fucking einstein could have met or something yeah, and and then later on in the book, it's 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 really creepy because the ETO themselves use the game to meet up, and so like mm-hmm. you, it, there's there are scenes in the book where you have like Sir Isaac Newton or King the King Zhao, or these people coming together and pretty much planning the destruction of the world. So it's just a really yeah. weird scene to see all of these really famous like philosophers, scientists, uh, uh, writers, whatever, like like 
uh, awaiting the the arrival of aliens. <laughs> yeah. So that's right. I kind of hit the nail on the head. It's yeah. taking these people that have helped kind of build our civilization and um, to plan to destroy it in a sense. And in particular, I mean, I think about the the majority of the Chinese characters are like these ancient sage kings. Yeah. So like the one that you just mentioned, um, King Zhou of the Shang dynasty, who's actually like a great villain. Oh. He's well known for being like a, a terribly corrupt and cruel. Oh, ruler. gotcha. I don't know that he ever existed. So the Shang dynasty is this is like one of the oldest dynasties in antiquity. And there's a question of... Um, like how much of it actually existed? Kind of oh, thing. I gotcha. Um, but the like Joe, Jesus, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're they're like historical figures, but we don't know if they were like actually historical people, right? But I mean, similar things like uh, King Wen of the Zhou Dynasty, who was you know one of like the original August leaders, and then of course Qin Shi Huang, uh-huh. the, f- the first emperor of China. So if all of you all of you remember the movie Hero. I was just about to ask, is he the guy in Hero that kills Jet Li in the end? Oh shit, yeah. spoiler alert. Oh god damn it. <laughs> I mean that movie's twenty years old. I think it's okay. Way to but... way to go, David. <laughs> well, and Jet then... Li, there's more to it than that. If I spoil that movie, you watch Hero, it's very good. Yeah. Um, and so you have, you know, the the idea is like they're like the the progenitors of like Chinese dynastic history. Yeah. Uh, Alongside people like Copernicus and uh, Newton and, like David said, Einstein and some others. So, like, great thinkers uh, in in Western history. And a a lot of this exposition, a lot of the really, like, hard science-y exposition um, happens inside of the VR game, right? Yeah. yeah, that and that, I can recall. No, yeah, and that's like that's, and I have to. I'm going to talk about the VR game. I talk about the VR game in one of my dislike things because there are mm. a couple things I didn't like about it. But like, once you find out what the game actually is, it like it kind it's it's slightly mind blowing. It's like oh shit, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. it's not like it's not like going to rock your world, but it's like oh that's what's been happening this entire time, right? And yeah, so it's like. I think I'll just leave that detail out because I. Yeah, that's I a big. It's a. It, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I yeah I think I'll I'll I think I'll leave it out because it takes a little bit more, um, explaining I think and maybe once we get to your like negative points yeah and we have more context we can kind of reveal a little bit but it's not just any game it's not like uh you know Super Mario Brothers or something the game has meaning. Yeah, it's a recruitment tool, but also like a way to provide people with the with background information, right? Of what they're going to need to know if they're going to join the ETO, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's my that's my first one. I thought that was really awesome, um, and it plays out over uh, a number of like in the first maybe half of the book. Yeah, it's kind of slowly revealed to you. Yeah. Well, maybe we should maybe we should just because I I'll, I also talk about the video. Maybe we should just balance it back and back and forth because I have the three body video game on my likes stuff of likes too. So maybe I should just talk about that now. So it's not okay. like, oh. um, but yeah, like uh, I I I I liked the idea of the uh, three body video game was really cool. And I I, I I'll I'll mention this. I guess I'll mention now. I had a love hate relationship with it because, um, it was it, it, like you said, it was a really interesting way to provide background and exposition. And once. And once you know what the game is, it's awesome. It's but uh, the 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 middle part where like the introduction of the game, and then there's the end of the game when you find out. But like the middle stuff, it it for me it kind of dragged on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to like see these these like these these great figures of history talking and working together. But it's like I I I, I had no idea what was going on, and I kind of stopped caring after a while. But it, I get that's another testament to his skill as a writer or as like just a, a a plot guy is once i found out what the game was about uh, i was right back in yeah yeah and yeah the kind of the the plot definitely carries it even if the exposition isn't oh isn't yeah fabulous um should we should we go into what the game is or should we leave that for the reader the listener to, to read on their own um i don't 
I don't know. I don't want to give away too much. You know, I didn't have... It took me so long to read this book mm-hmm. uh, that the whole notion of pacing was just totally out the window. Uh, I mentioned, I mentioned, I do mention the pacing in my, in my, in my notes too. Yeah, I... Like, it took me a long time. I took breaks in between. Right. And so, like, I think the first half, it took me a few months. Mm -hmm. And then the second half, I finished it in maybe, like, a couple weeks or a month. Um, So the second half went really fast just because I was, I had enough time to devote to it. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't so, it wasn't, you were, it wasn't so much of the book that you had to force yourself. It was just that you were really fucking busy at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, reading it was slow. It's like yeah. once once I got used to like his tone and stuff, the the reading went by a little bit faster. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, should we do you want to talk about your next thing or should I talk about my next thing? I we should have planned it. I, well, no, this is a casual episode. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the words, you know, the the audience is kind of figuring this out with us. Yeah. So this is a, this is a, this is a prototype of our new our new review series, so. Yeah. Um Let's uh, let's I'll, I'll talk about mine first because it, it kind of happens before your second thing. Yes. So I want to talk. One thing that I really liked about the book is the idea of sophons, which um, sophons are basically these these really 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 cool like really really smart like super 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 computers that can like that can move on their own and they're also the size of protons, so they're invisible to the naked eye. But right. they're super, super advanced, and they, these are a creation of the Trisolarians. Right, and they're they're created in a higher dimension. Yeah, and that's the so part of the technology is being able to like unravel space time. Yeah, and create things as like some something like higher dimensional folding or something. Yeah, that part was also really hard to take. This that's one of the parts where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna take your word for all for all this. Yeah, and we it's so hard. David, for you and I to talk about it, because I don't know what any of the terms are in English. Yeah. And so whenever I want to talk about it, I have to kind of like give an approximation right. of what I think it would be in English, and then we can kind of work our way through it. Yeah. That makes it kind of fun, though. Yeah, for sure. It's really hard to kind of, I, I, I don't know, I think I think I kind of, I think I got it once it, once it was finished, that explanation, but it is really cool that they have and they they send these these sophons to earth and they can travel probably because of the extra dimensions i don't really know they, uh, they 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 can travel very very quickly so they get to earth really really fast much faster than the actual trisolarians themselves like they're there like what within like a couple days yeah very quickly and they send them to earth and what they do is they first of all they 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 these sophons can record can watch and record everything the humans do anywhere on the planet so they're just con- like the entire planet's constantly under surveillance, right? And um, which is also interesting, where you have this enemy that you have basically an enemy that knows what you're doing at all times. How do you how do you f- defeat an enemy like that? Which exactly. the second the second book does get into, and it's also very interesting. Yes. Um. But um. Uh. I, and I like the idea of like they de- they defeat they pretty much defeat humanity right away by. Um, dest- or not destroying, but all like mess fucking up our particle accelerators on Earth, and like right. pretty much stalling particle accelerator technology, so that we will never achieve the kind of like space travel or space weaponry that they've achieved. Right, and importantly too, they're all knowing, and that information gets back to the Trisolarans instantaneously. Yeah, right away be- because of quantum entanglement. Yeah. So it's like th- it gets all the way back to Alpha Centauri or wherever they are, right um, away. And yeah, there's no there's no lag, and so it's basically like it's like they're yeah they're omniscient. Yeah, it's yeah it's like it's like fighting God. I like guess it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's very very eerie and very uh it's 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 overwhelming. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's it, I think it's just interesting to have an idea that, that there's a line in science that you know you'll never be able to cross. Yeah. And um. And I also like that the Sophons could like make people see things within their vision. Do you, yes. remember, do you remember those parts where it was like they 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 could make letters and numbers or messages appear right in your eye? Like it would be like it was like you're looking at a wall and a message would suddenly appear there. And the message which it wasn't actually on the wall, it was in your eyes. Right. And that's the Sophons doing that. And I think the first one was the countdown. Yeah. Right. 
So Wang Miao, I think I think it was him. Wang Miao, he was looking up into the sky, and this like all these these numbers started appearing, and it was yeah. a countdown. Yeah. And so you think, well, why the fuck? Why would they do that? Is it just to like fuck with people? Yeah, like just like like you guys have no chance, or like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that idea. That's also another very, very creepy idea. These books are kind of scary. Like they're like they're there. There are some like very scary elements in these books. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely one of them. And like, you know, the the first contact that you have also you, you have no consent. Yeah, um, they're communicating with you and you have no choice. Yeah, because it's like everywhere. And the, the first contact that they have with you is a countdown. I mean, it would be... I would lose my shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it, like, it, I think I, I think even a character goes crazy. Because they... they in the, like, doesn't... Uh, oh, I forgot about... I, I, I totally forgot this. This is, this is bad podcasting. But there is a rash of... Oh, that's right. There's a rash of suicides in the scientific community because of these sofons. Because these scientists have figured out that what they what these trisolarians did is, is they, they pretty much like uh froze us te- technologically and that right. that's so that's so like that causes so much despair to some of these scientists they just kill themselves and exactly that's the that's the kind of um the phenomenon that the main protagonist wang miao has been tasked to investigate that's yeah, that's like the inciting incident is he's yeah. he has to figure out why all these famous scientists are killing themselves right right yeah but and yeah, I, and, I can't say I blame them. Yeah, it's 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 dark, but um, and it, he finds out it's because these people know that one they're doomed, and two they're doomed because they will never have another scientific breakthrough, breakthrough ever again. Right, and you it kind of gives you a sense of how crazy the book is going to get. Yeah, because early on in the book you find this out, um, and then you're like, well, what the fuck? Okay, the book is over. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're fucked. That nothing <laughs> is going to get better. And so you know that, like, things are about to, like, go absolutely fucking just batshit crazy. Yeah, this book is like this book is like crazy with its with its mountains and valleys where it's like it's like you get these the, these points where it's like um that. Yeah, shit's never going to be good again. And then you the, stuff happens and it's like, OK, well, lo, lo, they start getting hope and then it immediately shut down again. It, yep. it, it goes up and down all the time. Definitely. But yeah, I just like the Sofons a lot. The Sofons were very cool. Um, I do want to get to my second thing that I like. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of technology. Yeah. And this is, spoiler alert, this is kind of the climax of right. the book. Uh, this is where, uh, you know, the protagonist, Wang Miao, is, his specialty is in nanotechnology. Um, and the ETO has a, this large ship, is, what is it called, Judgment Day? Yeah, something, something obnoxious like that. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, and it's kind of sailing, it's sailing through the Panama Canal, and they're trying to get access to And this is kind of their this is kind of their like base of operations, right? Like it's kind of their yeah. headquarters. Yeah, it's become their headquarters I think after it was completed. Uh Right. And so basically the all the important communications with the Trisolarans are stored on computers on this ship. And the, uh, the and these these like the ETO is like like the the aliens show messages the Trisolarians show messages to people like through the eyes but like the ETO is the only the only people on Earth that they are directly contact uh, talking to, right, right, yeah. So they, but they're also, um, again very secretive about it. Yeah, and they're kind of uh, poised to destroy those communications. Um, right at any point right how do we kill the eto uh before they're able to detect that we're trying to get the information yeah and so wang now devises this plan using nanofibers to cut through the ship yeah um and in the in the book i don't know what they called it in the english version but in the book they call it like operation uh guzheng and guzheng is this like stringed instrument 
Oh. It's this, it's this like plank of wood and there's strings uh, on top of it. Do you remember? Did you ever watch Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah, a long time ago. So I don't know if you remember in Kung Fu Hustle, there were those two dudes. Uh-huh. And they were like the, they were like the most deadly assassins. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. They had that big ass instrument. Right. And they would play it and like. While they were fighting, right? Yeah. Blades would come out of it. Yeah, that's right. And so it's something like that. It's like this big, long piece of wood and there's strings um, kind of drawn across it. Right. So that's the kind of imagery uh, that that you're kind of going with for this. So they're the um, the ship is is uh, kind of going through the Panama Canal, and they find a way to string forty of these nanofibers across either side in one of the locks or whatever. Right. And as the as the ship goes through, right, the nanofibers basically slice through everyone and everything. Um, and, but they don't destroy the computers. I mean, the the computers can be reassembled. Yeah. And so basically there, you know, as it happens, I love, there's so much suspense at the very end because yeah. the, I can't remember his name, Evans, the, yeah, the, the American, the American who is, dude, who is the, he's like the, like, he's like co-leader of the ETO with, yeah. who, with, uh, we'll talk about, I'll talk about her in a little bit too. Yeah. So he's, yeah. Kind of one of the main antagonists of the first book just because yeah. he's the head of the eto so kind of antagonist by default yeah um he's not he's, he's the money villain. he's the money behind it yeah 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 um but there's this suspense because it's kind of like he knows and because he sees everyone else like dying around him and so he thinks very quickly he's gonna get ready to uh, like jump or whatever and like hit the button that wipes all of the hard drives yep and then at the last minute he's just fucking dead yeah they get him and it's great. And the thing I really appreciated about this, again, is it's, like, smart. Um, it's very subtle uh, because, you know, it's like, well, what do we do? Um, you know, an American would say, you know, send to the Navy SEALs or, like, nuke right. the ship or something. Right. <laughs> but this is, this is very – I mean, there's a certain kind of subtlety to it uh, that I, I appreciated a lot because you weren't you aren't expecting it yeah and in the beginning of the book it's like oh he you know he does nanotechnology huh go figure yeah it it, it finally (laughs) clicks like oh okay this is why he's why they chose someone who does nanotechnology yeah because because that's the other thing is like they they they, it isn't revealed towards the end why what his purpose is they think he's just like a guy who's investigating the eto and these these deaths but like they they always they, uh, what's his, I, I feel like what's his face was it the cop who came up with this plan or was it like the 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 organ the, the PLA's plan the whole time the PLA yeah. is the is the human force that's working against right. the ETO yeah and yeah the um I don't know I don't remember but yeah it it, it is it is very like it, it it becomes clear that okay the, the, there's a reason they chose this guy yeah so yeah that's my I I liked that. Yeah, that was really cool. That was a, that yeah. was a really cool way to end the book. Yeah, and and yeah, I I thought it was fu- I thought it was interesting that because this is a spoiler that Evans dies, but like they kind of gave him like like a lot of character. Like the the very few scenes he's in, he's kind of like memorable. So I was yeah. surprised that he didn't make it out. You know what I mean? He's very like idealistic. Yeah, he is motivated to do what he does. Um for reasons that are entirely different from the other kind of ETO head person. I was just surprised that like, how the fuck did he live in China undetected for all of, all of that time? There's no fucking way that, that part was really unbelievable. There's just this like random American dude planting trees in the middle of like rural China. No, absolutely not possible. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah, and I well, since we're talking about them, I guess I'll go to one of the things I didn't like is um, like I I thought the the concept of the ETO was really cool. I just kind of wish they had done a little bit more with them because yeah. the whole book is about defeating them, and we we get we only get a, we only get to know really two members, and one is Evans, and the other is uh, Evans like the the Chinese counterpart. How do you say her name? Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, Wenjie. Yeah, so she she was the one who actually started the ETO. This is all, and it, it, this is like she, basically her story is that this begins um, in the Cultural Revolution, 
and her husband dies. Her husband, right? It's her father. Fa- that's her. right. Her, yeah, her yeah. that's right. Her father. Her father. Uh, I got confused because something else happened, happens in the book, but her father dies, and she's kind of forced to work on this in, in this um this uh science center. This really remote like base where they're doing all kinds of experiments, and she's actually the one that figures out how to send messages deep, deep into space. And she's, um, this all, ha- she kind of does it, she kind of does it, like, as a fluke, right? Where it's, like, she's just, like, like messing around. I, I mean, she, like, does it because she's, like, uh, she's, she hates her life, right? Yeah, it's kind of, it's on accident. Yeah, it's, like, she just does it. And she doesn't expect to actually, like, contact aliens. So she's surprised when, like, she gets a message back. And that start, that's the seed that kind of starts uh, the ETO, which the ETO want the Trisolarians to come and to take over Earth for right. different reasons. But, like, her reasons are kind of like she just kind of hates the world. And not, not like, undeservedly. She had a very, very hard life. Yes. Definitely, yeah. And that kind of connects to, yeah, one of one of the things that I liked about the book. But and I, she... I, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. She and she meets Evans eventually, and Evans is this American like billionaire who like gives her all the money she needs to start the ETO, and together they kind of become. They make the three body problem game, and they make they become the ETO. And I and I, the, my problem with it, it's, uh, my problem is that that's such a cool idea. I wish there was more done with it because they're almost uh, entirely as a group entirely one dimensional, except for Evans and uh, Yay. They're like, like. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not very, they're, there's not much depth to them. Right. They aren't really explained in any kind of empathetic way other than like Ye's story. But like, like why are they, why, why does, why, why is the ETO have so many people? How did they hear about her besides the three body problem game? Like what are their actual goals? Like what do they want the Tresolians to do when they get here? It's, 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 it's left really like open. Exactly. And like, I mean, there's a, there's just so many loose ends. Yeah. Um, how did the organization grow to as strong as it as it did? Yeah, because they're like a military force by the end. Yeah, and it's like if you're if you're super secretive and you're using this kind of sophisticated vetting process, like the this VR game, um, to recruit people, uh, like how long is this gonna take? Yeah, <laughs> and what what were they doing before VR? Right, because let's say that that she started it in the late sixties. Yeah. Uh, well, that was you know forty, fifty, sixty years out from VR or like even fucking like, like video game technology. Yeah, like twenty, to like twenty, like the twenty-five years from act from video games even existing. Yeah, there wasn't even Pong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if they used Pong to recruit people, though. Then. <laughs> Seriously, I, yeah, playing Pong makes me want to be in a cult, <laughs> a death cult. But, but yeah, so I, like I, I do like the ETO. I just wish that there was a little bit, a little bit more to them. Yeah, and yeah, in the second book, like they're they are quite ominous, and like you say, the 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 purpose, you know, they're really trying to kind of foil the the ETO and even into the second book. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot. Um there's still very much a threat. They're around. Yeah. yeah. The end of the first book does not wipe out the ETO by any means. No. Yeah. And uh and we'll get to the end too. But yeah, it's it's uh the, the pretty much just this there's 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 one battle, there's like I say battle. There's one like shootout with them in like the middle of the book when when Wang like figures out like he because the whole book is Wang trying to get inducted into this group to be like a spy for the PLA, and he does right. it, and it immediately leads to like pretty much a shootout and there is like that's like a whole action scene, and um that's kind of when the the evil plan is unveiled. But other than that, the, those two scenes like you don't really know much that much about them and they're not really that interactive with the with right. the characters, right. In order to understand any of this shit, it's like you have to be a theoretical physicist. Yeah. But can you be a theoretical physicist who also has like small arms and like <laughs> ballistics and explos- explosives training, you know, like paramilitary training, but you're also you also have a PhD in physics and you want the world to end. Yeah, so it's it's like a very <laughs> it's like a, a very tight niche. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. how the fuck does this not, you know, is it, this is like 
conspiracy where you know like 80 percent of the physicists in the world also have like <laughs> guerrilla warfare training <laughs> and then i mean and for all this might be why he left it so vague because like that is kind of a hard group of people to like really get in depth with exactly and so it's yeah maybe a maybe a, a loose end for a reason yeah but yeah i i feel the same way eto is cool but it's kind of there's some question marks there and since i well since we're talking about the eto's origin do you want to talk about your third point yeah i think so that would be great and i can actually do the what i like and what i don't like about okay uh about that um so like david said the kind of backdrop of the beginning of the story we learn about um Ye Wenjie's origin, the real founder of the ETO, like what her origin story is, and that is the Cultural Revolution in in China, Chinese history. So the Cultural Revolution started in um, 1966 and lasted about 10 years, uh, lasted until about the time that Mao died in 76. Um, and I love the fact that the Cultural Revolution is a backdrop for kind of the 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 genesis of the ETO story. Yeah. Um, and it's where the book begins, too. So when I first started reading the book, I'm like, oh, shit, Cultural Revolution. This is going to be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, it's Cultural Revolution is still a very taboo topic in in modern China. People don't like to talk about it. You don't really see anything on the Cultural Revolution, like on TV. Um, it was, uh, there's a, like a, a group of directors called the Fifth Generation Directors in China. Uh, and they, you know, were kind of really big in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, and they used the um, the Cultural Revolution uh, pretty commonly as a backdrop for some of their movies. Um, and these, are people have... that, these are people that like would have like, seen their parents go through this yeah or they or they'll live themselves yeah yeah they were the as ones who yeah went down to the countryside right um, as as young adults and so if you see movies like to live um which is directed by Zhang Yimou, or um farewell my concubine is another famous one um and the, all of these were banned in china <laughs> just outright outright banned like right away or like later on or so i think farewell my concubine was um in theaters for like two weeks and then oh. <laughs> in china and they're like uh-uh, nope nah it's banned um, <laughs> and so it's i mean it's it has this you know kind of lasting effect it's just people don't talk about it it's really funny because like just a aside i thought this would be funny because the america like hollywood is like so dependent on the chinese market now as far as the movie goes like it like it like they 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 they, they change their movies so they that, so they can play in china yeah there's just so much fucking money but it'd be funny if there was like an american remake of pharaoh my concubine and that was like that was that's, oh yeah and it's like starring jim carrey and <laughs> god who's the i don't know uh I don't know, just na- I, like Kirsten Dunst. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, it takes place in, fuck, I don't know. The, the <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, it's like a disco movie or something. <laughs> but it's very true. And so and so exactly. So the, the question is, um, well, I know there's no Netflix in China, but when they do this Netflix remake, um, yeah. <laughs> how, how are they going to treat the cultural revolution yeah (laughs) and the thing that's really interesting too that i've been thinking about like this book came out in 2008 right right? and so um you know having popular fiction that deals with the cultural revolution even kind of obliquely uh the fact that he even included it right is it speaks very loudly right um and and again the, the kind of political climate in China has changed a lot since 2008. Um, in 2008, you could still get on Facebook in China. Yeah. And so the kind of ideological control um, has tightened significantly. So I, it's, I, I doubt that a book that even deals with it kind of uh, subtly or obliquely would, would be allowed to, to be on the market in China nowadays. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so with with that in mind, it's um, I think it's great because it's it's one of these these examples where 
you can tell uh, if there were any event in you know the past 70 years in world history, certainly in Chinese history, that would make you give up hope on humanity. Yeah. Uh, it would probably be the Cultural Revolution. It would be top five. Yeah. <laughs> it would be top five. We just got through the Trump years. And so. Yeah. yeah top um, five. <laughs> but it would, it's definitely top five. And, you know, we could do a whole. Yeah. It's been a rough hundred years. It's been, I mean, like, it's. <laughs> it, it really, it really has. Two world wars and all this. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. And so, yeah, even in the midst of all of that, I mean, obviously it doesn't compare to any of the big ones, right? The Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. Um, not even close, but it is up there. Right. Uh, it's up there because, you know, it was basically, uh, you know, just denouncing traditional Chinese culture, which is huge. You know, the, the cultural identity in China is very, is a, is a very very big deal. And which, yeah, it's 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 cool that like because this guy like, I don't know that seems like a risky proposition to be like critical, like about that period. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that, I know that, like, it, like you said, it probably couldn't happen now, but even then, it seems like a risky proposition. You know what I mean? Like, not, not, not that he'd be any danger, but like, like maybe he wouldn't get his book published because he's critical of the Cultural Revolution. You know what I mean? Exactly. So there's some amount of like inherent risk yeah. in it. And I think it's especially risky because it's, this is part of the premise um, that, you know, yeah. made the founder of the ETO want and successfully goad an alien civilization to come to earth <laughs> and fucking destroy humanity yeah <laughs> but so much fucked up shit happened during the cultural revolution yeah um you know so much of of like china's material culture was destroyed um i didn't know this i read this recently like they took um they they took the like remains of one of the ming dynasty emperors and like had a struggle session with it and then burnt it. Oh God! The remains of an emperor. They, oh, they just like bur- like just gone. Yeah. Wow. Like burned it. And that's that, like what was the point of that? Well, because it was just so like the, letting go of the past. Right. So the idea, I mean, not letting go, like smashing the past. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Destroying the past. So it was, you know, it was all about. Um, destroying yep. the four olds and like the old way of thinking. That was like uh, that was the point behind the whole cultural revolution, right? Yeah. So it was um, it was kind of uh, railing against traditional culture, or the the so called um, oh I I can't think of the English name. Um, I'll I'll think of it in a minute. But it was kind of like the you know like a uh the culture from dynastic China, um. Which was, you know, had like landlords and this kind of very well defined, like uh, social, almost like caste system. That's really because, like, I, I know we talked about the Cultural Revolution before, and I didn't really get it. But like, I like ever since I've read more and more about communism, like, I kind of like, I still think it's fucked up, but I kind of get like it seems like because the idea of communism is that Marx said like that. Um, and like, we should always be in revolution always mm-hmm. like it sh- until we reach utopia, we should continue revolting. And so like, it kind of makes sense that like, maybe that's what Mao was doing, I guess, was to like instill this idea of revolution in the people or something. Well, he, yeah, the, the, the what happened was, um, I mean, there was a lot that went into it, but I think that was at least, um, part of the justification. Right. It was kind of like a power grab from okay. Mao because his power was waning. Okay. Uh, because after the Great Leap Forward, like he fucked up so bad that people were like, "Okay, Mao, uh, it's right. time for you to sit this one out." Okay. And, <laughs> and so you know, but he was like, "No, no, no!" Like he wanted to stay in power, and so that was used as kind of like a way to justify what was happening, like get rid right? of his enemies, and right? Like... And it's a get rid of his enemies through continual revolution, right? And in particular, revolting against our whatever bourgeoisie past the right. this old way of thinking um, right and it's really i think it's really sad because i mean that kind of destroyed chinese culture yeah i mean i i can't imagine how much was lost yeah it's 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 un i mean it's 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 incalculable you know? yeah i mean to the point that i mean things got so bad that like people were just like losing their shit yeah and I remember, like, in when I was in Nanjing, uh, there was, like, an elementary school. 
Uh-huh. Um, like across the street from the campus where I was taking classes. And there was this old woman who just sat outside in front of the elementary school all day, every day. Every oh, time wow. I walked by, I would see her. And like one day I asked Laura, I'm like, who the hell's that? And Laura's, Laura told the story that it was like this woman who like lost her child during the Cultural Revolution. And oh, God. Like something, and she just like lost her shit. She just like went insane and just sits in front of the school every day. And that was like the was that the school that her child went to? Something like that. God, that's dark. And, and so, but that also like puts into context like uh, Ye's decision. <laughs> like holy shit. Exactly. So it's this kind of thing that like destroyed people's lives. I mean, almost like wiped Chinese culture like <laughs> in mainland China off the map. Basically, I mean, there's still to a certain extent China is still recovering from what happened in the Cultural right. Revolution. Right. Um, and so this is the backdrop where, you know, the, the you know, Yuan just says, enough is enough. Yeah, and she and she takes matters in her own hands on, yeah. on accident at first, but then 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 not on accident. <laughs> exactly. And I think that is I I think it's great. I think it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, and it's kind of I wonder how the Chinese government feels about it now because it has this these books kind of have become a worldwide phenomenon. I wonder if they wish they had like kind of nipped it in the bud when they could have. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, um it is really cool though. It's, oh, wait, do you it, want it's fucked up. Do you want to talk about the part about you didn't like the the kind of not time appropriate? Yeah. So <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that um after uh, her family is her after her father's killed during the Cultural Revolution, she's sent to this remote secret military base um called Red Coast. And at Red Coast is Red Coast is where they're doing um, these kind of super secret high tech military experiments, and I think the the pretense is something about like um, uh, like spy satellites or something. Yeah, and so okay, and that's where <laughs> she makes the discovery, and she uses uh, there's like this huge um, like satellite thing. Yeah there or like a yeah um and so i i this part i didn't like i know this it's science fiction but i think this premise is a little bit hard to believe that these two things are happening at the exact same time oh yeah that in the in the the middle of the cultural revolution that there's this like super secret high-tech project that's going on it is kind of a sci-fi trope too yeah 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 that there's always there's always something uh, that's happening behind the scenes and right. the technology is somehow like 50 years ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was a little bit hard. I mean, especially knowing what was happening in, in China at the time. Uh, first of all, uh, massive amounts of like political and social unrest uh, yeah. with what was going on. Um, and even in the military, even the PLA was uh shit was crazy in, in in the PLA because it was led by this dude named Lin Biao who ended up um you know getting denounced later but he was like the head of the PLA at the uh-huh. time and he was fighting with Mao and with Mao's wife at the at the time Jiang Qing uh-huh. um because uh you know and this kind of persists till today there's very powerful forces in the PLA uh, that don't always get along with the government. Right. Um, and the PLA, what does it stand for again? It's the People's Liberation Army. Right, that's what I thought. So I don't think we've said that yet, but yeah. No, so yeah, it's it's China's military. Um, and at the time, you know, this wasn't too long after the Sino-Soviet split. So after uh, China and the Soviet Union were not best buds anymore, and there right. were some, like, border skirmishes or something uh, uh-huh. that happened around this time, like in 1969. And they were getting ready to like fucking go to war with the Soviet Union. Right. At this time. So it just doesn't seem like the best opportunity to be, uh, you know, fucking with uh, spy satellites or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And that actually, want, I, I kind of want to, that leads into my, like my last two things. One One thing I didn't like and one thing I did like. 
And I'll do this. We're already going longer than we wanted to, but I, I still, I think this is good though. I like this. Yeah. This is fun. Um, uh, uh, and I, I do want to get to your last point too, Chris. I want to, I want to mention something about that, but, um, okay. speaking of, um, uh, did, were you done? Did I, did I cut you off? No, all? it was, no, it was perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. The one thing that, that bothered me about, and we're kind of going over right now is kind of like the pacing of the book is kind of all over the place. I read in an interview where he said that like he wrote this book not because he's a fan of fiction writing, but because he loves science. So this is like a, like he, a science first book, right? So I noticed that a lot. Yeah, so he, <laughs> yeah. Some of the that we didn't mention that, but some of the characters uh, are a little bit. Oh, uh, 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 we did cheese. mention, I guess. Yeah, a little There's bit a little cheesy. Cheese. Yeah, well, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, um. Uh, he he has these pages and pages and pages of of just science, but also like with what you just said with the red coast, like he also asks the audience, like uh, kind of asks a lot of the audience, like uh, he kind of asks for a lot of um, what's the word? There's a term for it. Uh, uh, when you're like, when a media asks you to, to believe something that's not really believable, mm-hmm. like what's credulity? Yeah, yeah, but it's like it, there's a there's a God, I can't think of the term for it. Um, but like basically, he wants you to like. He 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 wants to throw all this this real life science at you, but also like kind of ask you to believe these unbelievable things when it comes to the plot. Yeah, and that like that and like that the, they work. Like the book is good, but it's it also is a little bit jarring. Not to mention that the science can get very very dry. Yeah, and um, when you get when you get like a solid like forty block forty forty page block of just the science, it can be hard to get through. Just because like I I usually stopped caring about halfway through. <laughs> I was like, all right, where like just tell me what he does with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. Like, you can't really read it if you're having to Google everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that's not to say that he, like, there are parts where he does a very good job explaining, but there's, but he does get into some pretty, like, heady science topics, and it's, like, a, it's a lot to wrap your brain around. Yeah, there were certain parts that I just couldn't comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, but it, it, but even still, like, that's also, like, a testament that the, the book itself is so compelling that it didn't make me want to stop reading. Yeah, exactly. Even even with these, you know, these like long, seemingly never ending, just like droning on. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It still it still keeps you hooked. Yeah, and so that's like that's kind of the, just the pacing was weird because like it does jump in back and forth between these these like these parts of the book that don't really sound like it, it would re it would really happen to these parts where it's like okay like he's going in depth into why this thing makes sense. So it's it, the pacing's a little bit off, um, but th- that leads to my last point: is that the 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 scope of the book really is like breathtaking. Like the 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 scope, and the scope only gets bigger and bigger as the novels go on, and the novels get crazier and crazier. Yeah. Um, and I like this book because it's 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 a good introduction to the to the, uh, this version of the universe, where it's like it's still our universe, but like obviously like the, these events are happening there, and um, uh, it, it's it's a good introduction. Um, and I think that whatever, uh, it, when everything is, we, 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 we get, ugh. when you get kind of clued into what's happening, um, it's like kind of like a holy shit, like moment, not like a holy shit, but like more of a slow burn, like kind of like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than like an epiphany, it all kind of comes together in your mind. And it's like, whoa, like it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. It, it definitely, it has that effect. And I think with something this big, it, it takes that much time. Yeah, you couldn't. You know, it's it's not something that just gets you. It's it, you. There's too much. You have to be vested in it um, for long enough to get a feel for what's going on before um, you know you can you can really get to that point. Yeah, and like, and it's funny because like after reading the whole trilogy, looking back now, like this book when I first read it, I was like, damn, that that's a crazy book. This is the tamest book out of the three. Like it really is by like yeah. a lot. Yeah, but it is like, but that that just shows how like, how, like how crazy the the story eventually gets. Yeah, definitely. And I haven't even, I mean, I haven't finished the third book, so I don't yeah. know how fucking crazy it gets. Yeah, you'll see, and then we'll talk about it on the podcast for sure. Hell yeah! But that's my last two points. If you want to go to yours, mine, I think mine's related to um, the fact that the that this author Liu Cixin is like more interested in science than in fiction yeah and that comes out a lot in um some of the kind of character development the character oh yeah uh kind of creation um 
to the point that the characters oftentimes are caricatures. Yeah. It reminded me a lot, like, going through it, it just reminds me a lot of, like, really bad, like, Chinese soap operas. <laughs> uh, and t- I have two examples. One is, like, the cop. So this guy, um, his name's Shi Qiang, which, and Qiang means, like, strong. So it's, like, <laughs> you know, it would be, like, you know. Like, strong, like his name is Strong Large Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, there are people who are named there are people whose given name is Chiang. So yeah. it's, it's not, you know, but it's just a little on the nose and he fits his name. He's this like rough and tumble with a bit of a checkered past gravelly, like Northern Chinese guy, like a macho man. Um, and he like smoke, <laughs> he smokes cigars. Yeah. Just nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Always smoking cigars wherever and whenever when he's not supposed to be smoking cigars um and he's just (laughs) you know and smoking cigars in china is really is not even that common (laughs) but he does it and it's so funny because it's like it's like um i want to mention this because i i did a lot of like i was like i did a lot of research in these books and like uh, read people's theories like i was on reddit a lot for this and like, oh, yeah. um, uh, and, and as far as I can tell, in like America, or maybe not just America, or English-speaking countries where this book is popular, mm. um, uh, she is like the most popular character in the books. Like they love him. Like it's 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 really funny because it's almost like a a caricature of even an American badass. You know what I mean? It was just right. like always prepared, never like no one ever gets a drop on him. Like he's like he's he 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 thinks of every like he at least in physical altercations he's one step ahead all the time. Yeah, and it's and it's and he like he said he smokes wherever he wants. He doesn't take shit from anyone. Yeah, and like and like literally whenever he was brought up, people are like, "Oh, that's my favorite character." Yeah, but at the same time, right, is a little bit one dimensional. Yeah, for sure, because like he they they add some come some character development for him in the second book, but not much. Right. Yeah, and I I appreciated that. Yeah, you know, but in the first book, it's like, who the fuck is this guy? He's just some guy that always knows what to do. Yeah, yeah, and he's very. I'm su- I'm kind of curious, like how they handled the dialogue, because his, um, in the book, the first book. I mean, what what the fuck? Am I, throughout all of the books, well, at yeah. least the first two books. Yeah. Um, he's he has a very kind of like typical northeastern chinese style of speaking uh-huh and again that's that's associated with like the this very like macho um kind of like man's man that'd be uh, funny if like if like in the show it's a chinese guy but they give him like if they do it in english they give him like a new york accent like I, i'm walking here that's like right? it's, <laughs> it's it would have to be something like that like it's tough guy like he's from brooklyn yeah or something Right. Um, like, he, he wouldn't have a British accent. Right. Is for sure. <laughs> he might have an Irish accent or a Scottish accent. Oh, yeah, there you go. But it wouldn't be, like, a posh, yeah. you know, <laughs> received pronunciation kind of thing. Yeah, stopping by the shop for some tea kind of kind of voice. Yeah, I would so I'd be very curious to see, like, what happens with that. Um, the second one is the dude, the guy um, named Dingy, and he is the <laughs> Dingy. Uh, but that is... That is his name, and he's the he's the boyfriend of one of the characters, one of the scientists who commits suicide. Yeah, I think uh, it's actually her suicide that he is like that makes Wang be part of the story, right? Yes, yeah, because they knew each other from a long, yeah. or he had like a crush on her or something. Something, yeah. Um, and so, but like the guy, he's also a scientist. Um, yeah. And he's just, like, living in filth. He's tortured, <laughs> constantly in mourning. Like, he's just in his apartment, and it's just, like, the lights are never on. And, the and that's gr- his whole character. That's his yeah. whole character. And the, the ground is littered with cigarette butts. And he's, like, you know, uh, always drunk, it's like, passing out on the couch. And right. he has, like... An, like a, a a pool table in his apartment that's like overturned or whatever. <laughs> it's just really like it's a it's hokey. Yeah, it's a bit much. It it really is. And I mean, so uh, this guy Dingy he shows up in the second book too. Yeah, 
and ha- kind of plays a really important role in the second book. But but the, the way that he's introduced and really throughout the whole first book, he's just like constantly right. mourning. And it's just like, I, I didn't like it because it, maybe it's just me. It was just my reading, but just reminded me of like, again, shitty soap operas. Yeah. That's fun. And like, and you have, you probably have more experience with, I mean, you definitely have more experience with Chinese soap operas than I do, but yeah. So like, that's uh even just reading it, it was like, okay, so this guy's just the tough guy. Okay. This guy's just the, the, the whiny, like uh boyfriend who, I mean, like, sure. It's sad, but like, I'm sure there's more to an uh, actual living human being than just his mourning. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. One dimensional and a, and a little like over the top. Right. Yeah, but shit, we got through all our notes. I I don't want to. Yeah. I, I I'll say we won't say tell the ending. The ending is um uh it it makes you want to read the next book. I'll, that's all I'll say. Definitely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the this is great. This is fun, Chris. I like doing this. Yeah, me too. We should do we should do more guys reviewed, which we're gonna. I guess I'll say right now. Th- I am gonna. This is gonna go on the Patreon, uh, but I am gonna unlock it. For all listeners, uh, if you'd like to hear parts two and three, where we cover the other two parts, please consider subscribing to our Patreon since that's where they'll be. Um, like I said, we're trying to bring you more Patreon, more and more Patreon content, but we wanted everyone to kind of get a taste for what this kind of show is going to be like. Very cool. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash guys are screwed. Uh, you can email us at gwscrewed at gmail.com. Uh, you can also message us through Patreon, which some of our listeners have done. Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Green Left Arrow or at Guys Were Screwed. Um, Chris, uh, when what was the date that you joined the ETO? Uh, it was back in 2014. Gotcha, fucker. That's it. We're gonna. Ar- I, I got him. I, I was actually hired to infiltrate the ETO and arrest you in particular. So, God damn it, you're my wall breaker. <laughs> your wall breaker, which we'll get into in the uh, in the second episode. <laughs> oh my God, you the see. wall breaker. How long have we known each other? Like twenty years. Yeah, I've I've been your wall breaker this entire time. <laughs> I'm really into in, into this. <laughs> oh God damn it! <laughs> but uh, that's it for us, guys. Bye. See ya.